Hey folks, episode number 45. 45 episodes, we've made it a long way, Kev. 45, I feel like, you know, every week we're marveled by the number of episodes that we've had, but 45 feels kind of like a landmark. It's like halfway from 40 to 50. <laughs> we shouldn't... We shouldn't be surprised as if last week we didn't know that this week could be the 45th episode, like it would be some different number. I, you <laughs> know what? Some weeks you feel like the days might just stop uh, coming at some point. Fair. Very fair. Uh, we have a uh, very exciting guest this week. Uh, earlier this week, I spoke to Nick Woodman of Utica College Pioneers Football and now of New York Giants Minicamp. So uh, let's get into it. An exciting week. talked about how we didn't pick a sports athlete for number 44 because mm-hmm. we said we couldn't think of any and all those numbers were kind of out there uh what i what i was very quickly corrected by uh one of our astute listeners was that number 44 is a huge regional number because that's the retired number for syracuse jim brown uh so 44 is actually a great sports number if you're a syracuse orangeman fan and i can't believe that it slipped my mind so shout out to, again to our good listener Pete forgets for remembering that Syracuse keeps 44 uh, on a pedestal. You know what's funny is I didn't realize that we were recording until about 20 seconds ago when I looked up, and I <laughs> thought that you were just telling me, like, hey, man, so you remember last week we didn't no. get it? I didn't even know the difference. <laughs> that's that's how we do our show here. I'm glad I didn't uh, give any takes that were too hot in too that time. Hot. Well, as you mentioned on the Twitter this week, the only temperature that matters is the temperature of your takes. The only degree that matters. <laughs> it's scorching, scorching hot. Uh, so for this week, I found two athletes with number 45 just to, uh, for posterity's sake, uh, Pedro Martinez, who as much as we don't like him because he's a Boston Red Sox scumbag, probably the best pitcher of that generation. Uh, like he was amazing. And then of course, uh, Michael Jordan very briefly when he came back after his, That's uh, true. Come back quote like, unquote vacation. Come back like Jordan. We're in the four or five <laughs> getting suspended for gambling. Um, uh, just a couple uh, notes for all the listeners here this week. Uh, Aaron is not here again, um, but uh, she did say she's very sorry about not being here. She's in the middle of class. She does have another uh, edition of her blog, her uh, 30 over 30 uh, weight and health and wellness health and wellness blog. That's up today. So uh, if you need to get your fix of Miss Higgins, even though she's not here this week, go to MadeInUtica.com. She has an article up. And Kevin, you too have an article up this week on MadeInUtica.com. Uh, yeah, I do. I do too have an article up this yes. week. Um, I wrote. We were talking a little bit about the parking ticket situation mm-hmm. here personally, and Justin said he wanted to write something, and the spirit sort of possessed me while I had a little bit of downtime at my computer, and so I wrote it, and it's there. Yeah, it's I read it. Certainly there. Um, the whole thesis of my thing is basically fifty dollars is too much for parking tickets. It's ridiculous. Settle down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty much it. Yeah. Um, I cannot take credit for that uh, great Simpsons image that Parkinson oh. found to go with it, though. <laughs> I did not put any of the images. We into can it. sort of take credit for it. We've been pumping a lot of episodes of Simpsons out at the house recently. That is um, that's that's true. You forget how great a show like The Simpsons is almost because it's been a long time since it was at its peak. 
True, and we've been really watching peak episodes of The Simpsons, which uh, for for any non-Simpsons uh, viewers who listen to the show, if you haven't watched The Simpsons before, uh, what? <laughs> kind of weird that you've missed it. Uh, but there's that weird chunk in the early portion of Simpsons, which contains most of the classic Simpsons episodes that people think yeah, of. Arguably, so. it's like episode two to eight. It's been crazy watching because we'll put down like probably one or two a day, generally, yeah. like, you yeah. know, just in idle watching. And it's crazy that during that time period, every single one of those episodes is kind of a classic. And part of it is because, you know, these were the seasons that were in syndication. Mm. When I was, you know, a young kid coming home from school and watching like reruns and stuff, trying to put off doing my homework. But it like every single episode is banger after banger, mm-hmm. and you sort of forget because it's been a long time. I mean, these episodes we're watching are dated probably 92, 93, 94. That's a long time ago. You always see people who will say on Twitter or on Facebook, I'm like, I just finished a show on Netflix. I need a new show to watch. And that's a very common thing to have now. I need a new show to watch, a new series to watch. A lot of people saying that all the time. say that, always asking. And uh, one of the things I like to have, and Simpsons fits into this category, is not only do I want a show that I'm watching, whether it's like a, a highbrow show like a Narcos or a lowbrow show like a Jessica Jones, I also like having a sitcom-type show that's 20 to 22 minutes long that I can watch, like a Friends or Simpsons, in case I don't necessarily have it in me to pay tons and tons of attention to camera angles and, like, story narrative. No, I, I, think, wanna... that's, I think you're right about that. Yeah. It's super important to have something you can kind of burn through when you're like, I want to watch a little bit of something before I go to bed, but I'm not trying mm-hmm. to, like... If I zone out looking at my phone for 10 minutes, I'm not going to not know what's going on or mm-hmm. miss some important little, like, detail or whatever. Those are important things to have. Yeah. Um, and I guess one more uh, topic of discussion before we get into the quote-unquote show proper. Uh, As you say. We have talked a lot in the past month about this mysterious website that we <laughs> that we theoretically have called Uticast.com. Well, today it's up, folks. If you want to... Is it really? It is now up. That's, That's right. That's amazing. We finally have uticast.com. It is up and available for you to listen to this episode and all the past episodes. Uh, shout out to Justin Parkinson before he actually comes on this week because I don't like giving him credit to his face, but he's no, done. Never. He's <laughs> never, <laughs> never. But he did an excellent job. Uh, it's a beautiful website. Um, Here's something I'd like to point out, and I'm not going to say this to Justin never. when he gets here. Never. I'm not going to say this, but we talked about it when he showed me the test, uh, like test protocol mm-hmm. for the website last week, and I was looking. The picture that he found that he when they have the, they have a picture for you and a picture for me and a picture for Aaron for each of us being yeah. the hosts. <laughs> he put a picture up for the picture that says Kevin Sullivan, and it's a picture of my brother. <laughs> it is a picture, and it's a it's, it's a picture of my brother, and he's got he's wearing like a there's like a, a box on his head. It's from my Instagram. He's like oh, I went through and it had a beard, so I just figured it was you. So I'm not gonna say that to him no. before he goes live with this website. I'm just gonna see if the website goes live Until- with. My brother's picture in my place. It is because I saw it this morning, and I got to be honest, I didn't, I didn't put two and two together. I saw the Utica Club hat and the beard and the smiling Sullivan bottom chin, and I said, "Oh, there's Kevin." Uh, I did not put two and two together. I just, you know what though? I kind of like that. I'm, I think that's going to be my new thing. I'm going to make sure that no actual photos of me are available anywhere. Well, they're, they're just not... get like stand-ins and doubles. I'm, I'm way into this. My photos in general, like any photo of me on the internet, there's only two photos of me on the internet generally. That the one, two poses. The two poses. One... Uh, rare squats with the Moog with the Moog keyboard, which everyone assumes is an. Yeah, you're either squatting in front of something or leaning in towards the camera, ruffling your hair and looking pensive. Yes. Yes. Uh... The classic Sam Femilaro. Bad boy pose. If you guys want to find Sam on Facebook and dig through his album profile pictures, 
you will see 20 different copies of the Sad Boy Shuffle. There are, this is a real thing. Um, I took so many pictures in my life of the Sad Boy Shuffle where I would be leaning on the one arm with my, you know, with the hair swooped over to the side with like a weird angle. And it became such a thing that uh, when I got my, my iMac, um, everyone who lived with me went onto my iPhoto and took the same picture. So there's actually an entire catalog, and I wish I could I wish I could make it available for everybody, of about every person I knew from New York City and a lot of people I knew from Utica doing the Sad Boy Sam pose. And it's really, it's quite the show. We should put the, now that we have a website, maybe we'll host some of this lovely content. Isn't it interesting how, you know, we talk, thinking about it, it just sort of popped into my head, but we talk about trying to find photos of ourselves to use, you know, for this kind of thing. And you talk about, you know, you kept taking the same posed basically selfie you know mm, what i mean yeah. and so much that it becomes a thing that like you sort of like get your balls broke about it and this and that it's interesting to me how much more normalized it is generally for girls to take pictures of themselves than it is mm. for guys mm. like as a guy i don't really i i can't remember the last time i took a picture of myself for purpose of using just me standing there um, it's just weird how it's it's different like when you do it with like your guy friends your guy friends will break your balls mercilessly whereas whoa. like you know with girls it's just generally like yeah take I, a picture, picture I go back I go back to this one quote that somebody made I think it was a stand up comedian and it was basically the female form in general women they've made statues of women the female <laughs> form is a beautiful artistic form the male form is basically a jeep we don't really. It's not. I guess that's a good point. Like all the girl, all the girls that I know are so pretty and lovely, and like their hair always looks nice, and they're always like they take these nice pictures. Those guys, like we're all the like gross animals. Just, just disgusting. Ten pictures of myself Filthy. with the same beard, just a blank just, look on my face. Like right now, I have a backwards hat on, and I'm probably wearing cargo shorts. For no one knows, we made fun of those last week. Don't but say that about I'm yourself. Not, I would never do such a thing. All right, let's uh, let's bring Parkinson in. So no more nice things to be said about Parkinson. Again, though, uticast.com. You can uh, you can send us mailbag questions at the website now. You can listen to all the back episodes, and soon, once we finish it up, all the Sunday Drive on ninety two seven episodes will be there as well. Yeah, we- check it out. We'll, we'll also probably be pumping some more different content yes. onto there too, doing yes. some different things, just stuff to make it a little bit more interactive than just every Tuesday. Come get your fix. Oh, Utica, don't you dare be sour. Clap. <laughs> For your world-famous podcasting champs and feel the power with Uticast.com. It's a new day. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Dogs barking in the background. You can hear it outside the studio. Justin Parkinson, he's here. You're back. Yeah, my dogs are barking. It's a long walk. Yeah. <laughs> Great. It was the worst joke. <laughs> uh, what's going on, Justin? How's it going this week? Nothing. What, what do you want? <laughs> you seem uh, We're very contentious. For particularly, because particular- oh, I know what you want to talk about. So why don't you ask me? Why don't you talk about it? I. You seem like you have some sort of pointed interest in, in conversation today. What's, what's going on? You have on? to tell me how great I am is what you have to do. How does that sound? <laughs> Say it. Is this, what is this in reference to, Justin? A possible website that was developed for you as a Christmas gift. 
Ah, yes. A possible website that was developed as a Christmas gift. Christmas in May. It's May. May 1st. <laughs> Christmas in July. Yes, my friend. No, listen. Uh, We're not here to talk about Christmas. Ask me about the website, Uticast.com. What do you want to know about it? What's going on with Uticast.com? If you checked it, you would know. <laughs> you still haven't given me a bio yet. Nobody even wants to know. Who cares? You're going to write one for... Somebody out there on accident, uh, but anyone who listens to this show doesn't even want to read it. Who, who cares? Uh, Where's yours, Sullivan? What are you saying? <laughs> you don't need a bio. <laughs> I want a bio, not from you. Uh, you know what? Need... It's going to be now that we have Uticast.com and it's live, it's going to be a nice thing for us to have because it's an interesting tool. You know, we started doing this show and social media was the main way that we would represent to the people, but it's going to be nice to have kind of a home base. The incorrigible one, <laughs> Justin Parkinson. Do you know what that word means, Justin? No. <laughs> Kevin, do you know what that word means? Incorrigible? Yes. Yes. <laughs> it means bad beyond reform. <laughs> That's you, Parkinson. It is. Uh, right. No, you, you've done a beautiful job on the website. It's great. It's <clears throat> yeah. the last the last praise you'll hear from me on it. That's good um, enough. Listen, man, you've had a... You're back from the dead, like Jon Snow. Spoiler yes. alert. It's the day after. I don't know anything about Game of Thrones, but Twitter blew up and said something about Jon Snow. I don't watch Game of Thrones. I hope it didn't just ruin somebody's Tuesday. They're like, finally, Tuesday, I'm going to go home and watch the new episode. They've avoided Twitter for two days. Jon Snow is a dragon now. He's a dragon. It's insane. <laughs> is that what happens in that show? Do people no. turn into dragons? Who knows at this point? Yo, Game of Thrones is such a cultural phenomenon, and I. it's funny. We talk a lot about a lot about pop culture on the show. We talk about television shows we like, movies we like. Uh, I was going to talk about uh, Captain America Civil War, which I'm very excited for this week, uh, but I've chosen not to. But Game of Thrones is a huge pop culture thing that I am totally not on board for. And I, unless someone out there, one of our listeners, can tell me a compelling reason that I'm missing something, what I'm missing about this show, I just don't, I'm not on board. I don't get it. How much of it have you watched? I watched one season with, okay. uh, with the guys in New York City take a shot. Um, Their argument is probably that one season, like the first season is never the best season. I watched just the second season. <laughs> <laughs> Then you can't say anything. You uh, haven't watched it. Yeah, but it's... See, that's my thing. Like, I don't watch Game of Thrones, but I watched the first episode. It was only okay, mm-hmm. but, like, there's also only so many hours in the day, and so I never got on. Mm-hmm. But you're right when you say that people seem to go crazy for it. Well, I just think it, it's an interesting concept that there are these huge pop culture phenomenons that still don't span to everybody, right? Like, what does yeah. it take to be a pop culture phenomenon now? Like, Justin, you love the show Mr. Robot, but that the the vacuum, the sphere of influence for that show is considerably smaller than Game of Thrones. But the people who love that show love it. I love Christian Slater. <laughs> That's a fair point. You do like Christian so Slater. To it. But no, Game of Thrones for me, I'm not into fantasy. Um, this isn't sci-fi. No, but me either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm not into um, just makeup. Because the Jon Snow is exactly why I would normally not watch Game of Thrones. Because when you don't have a concept of what's real... Who cares? You can literally kill off a guy, wait until everyone's pissed about it, and have some magical spell redeem him. That seems kind of sort of takes away show. all consequence yeah. in your in your larger extended the, universe. Yeah, who gets it's, killed now and doesn't get the comeback? Yeah, what's the worst that could happen? This yeah. is a great this is a greater point about magic in general. The concept of magic. Magic is hard to. Um, justify sometimes right like the best movie i've ever seen based about magic is the prestige which i feel like is the best possible movie that could ever be made about magicians that's and magic. a great movie it's a phenomenal movie but it, like there's a weird suspension for disbelief when it comes to magic if you in your narrative for whatever story you're creating can just say alakazam whatever we did was undone do you know I mean like there's a weird back 
hole of like plot hole. I feel like it's like a really empty safety net yeah. magic. So I I never like I tend to not like things well, about they, magic. Uh, I watched the extra feature thing that just like auto played after the episode ended, and they said they didn't want to go into flashbacks even. Um, but the characters are so complex, and there's so much things, whether it be magic or powers or, or whatever the case may be, they're they're actually doing some flashbacks now in this season to kind of explain how the hell can this woman just I think, make a guy live again. It's like, well, we'll provide some context, which I is think at least when it comes to when it comes to writing a show like this, having the flashback is can be a useful like narrative device when you have to build out your story because your show's going on for a while. But a lot of shows do get overly reliant on it. What's the Sometimes most? Sometimes you just always flashing back. What's the most overused uh, trope in in modern like television? Like, is the flashback the most overused? Like, <laughs> you, I see every movie has a flashback sequence now. Everything has flashbacks yeah. now. Yeah. yeah, and they said they said in that that thing too that they tried not to do it for all these seasons because it is the laziest form of storytelling. Like that was his exact statement. The guy. I don't who know makes if it's the, the laziest form of storytelling. I just feel like. Uh, I don't know, like, everyone watched Pulp Fiction and then said, oh, you don't have to tell <laughs> tell a story in one long thing, but you can just go in weird timelines. Yeah. And uh, and now it's, like, an easy narrative thing to do and make your, your story a little more interesting. Like, oh, wait, now we're back three years ago. Oh, wait, now you, you know. I, I think it's just, it's not saved anymore for, like, some great moment. Now, yeah. now you feel like you need to put a flashback in to justify well, I something. I think something right? we yeah. talk about a lot that you're starting to see get done a lot is the the long shots. Like we do the one take for like yeah. two, three, four, five minutes. Yeah. I love to see that. That's great. But yeah. now you're seeing everybody like ever since you know they got a lot of praise for it in True Detective. Yeah, tracking shots. And obviously, yeah. yeah and like obviously yeah. Birdman and you know the Revenant to some degree. It's becoming a really popular thing, but it's great to see people do it because it's enjoyable. But we'll probably yeah. see a point where it What's, gets a little overdone. Will there be a tracking shot tipping point? I wonder. Well, with wonder. Uh, Game I hope of Thrones not. too, though, it is the best thing <laughs> shot on television. I mean, mm. is it, see, that's effects, what I hear. It's it's fantastic. Like the, mm. and everything they do right. is gold. So hopefully the story progresses in a positive way. So. Um. We went off on a huge tangent about Game of Thrones. I've, I've never great ever, tangent for a show I don't even watch. I've yeah. never watched an episode of Game of Thrones. We're like that's, uh, that's Enzo the trick. got the concussion, and we're trying to fill time. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, so actually, I do want to talk a little bit, Kevin, about the article that you wrote for Made in Utica. Since Justin, you were here, obviously, you posted it. It's your website um, because. <laughs> It's a it's a fair point about the parking tickets. Thing. I'll publish anything, by the yeah. way. It, it, it's <laughs> he will publish anything. And it's probably not as much of a problem for people who have houses. Right? Yo, if you have a house. I mean, yeah. Here's my thing on parking tickets. Like, I understand, and I said when I wrote that article very specifically, like, you know, for certain things, you have to have parking tickets. I understand. My issue is more to just overnight parking, yeah. and you should be able to, if it's not trash night, if there's not a snow emergency. You should be able to park in the street outside your house yeah. without getting a ticket. Mm-hmm. And even if you want to get a ticket, meet me halfway and just charge me twenty. Right. And I, that's I got only, a twenty dollar bill in my pocket, yeah. but fifty is extreme. That's only part of the problem too, um, which is the major one that hits you the most. But on this street, there is not a single sign. Like, is it common knowledge to everybody who lives here? Possibly, you kind of yes. know. But there's not even signage alerting you of how high the fine is and when you better move your car to not pay that fine. Like, literally up and down the street. And there's a lot of neighborhoods like that. So I'm not advocating for, like, breaking the rules or I understand things have to be followed. But 
the fines are excessive is what we need to focus on. And there needs to be more signage for people who are unaware, new college students, people out of town, whatever. If they change if stuff because to bring of construction, in more you got to put signage up to let people know. If you're trying to bring in more people that aren't from here, it's fair to yeah. let them know they're going to get jacked for yeah. $50. This is a bar town. There's a lot of people leaving cars places. There should be some sort of compromise. I know you can call ahead and yada, 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 but like it's 50 bucks is a lot. And it, it's a weird scenario. Do you remember when, uh, Kevin, you remember certainly we lived on Thomas Street together and we had one driveway, five cars, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. Landlords had two, car, had two cars and three people living in three rooms with three separate cars. Inherently, one person every night is going to be forced to be out into the street. That's it. There's no, there's no other place to go, you know? Yeah. So I got so many parking tickets on Thomas Street that I started parking on my front lawn. Yep. Across because there we didn't have much problem. We didn't have oh, much yeah. of a front lawn. Which you also get a ticket for. Which you also yeah. get a ticket I've for. I've had a similar situation yeah. at an me. apartment that's happened had. to me. It's so, happened to me just on the west side. So I actually I called the UPD. This is back in two thousand and seven, maybe two thousand six, yeah. probably even before that. Two thousand eight uh, or nine. Yeah, maybe maybe yeah. If I it guess. was Thomas Street, yeah. yeah. Anyhow, I called and said like, you know, is there any way I can get like a parking on the street? We don't have enough room. I'm going to get a ticket every night. And they were like, nah, can't do it. Sorry. You know, it wasn't even something I could pay for. It wasn't even something I could like. Uh, That'd be another thing. It, even if mine is giving out free passes, offer a yearly parking pass so people don't, you know what I mean? Like, charge me. Yeah. Charge me for a year. Like, and that's the thing they say that you can get. They do make some exceptions and give those passes. Like, if you have a house that just has no driveway, which yeah. believe it or not is a thing, or if you just have somewhere where there's only one spot, there's no place for you to like. You can prove you can park there. Yep. You can get a pass so you can get away with parking in the street. You hang it in your window, but they make them really, really hard to get. Like, hmm. you have to prove that there's no other option. It's not just like, look, we've got yeah. too many cars. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. figure it out. Have less cars. If I pay a dollar fifty to throw my trash out into a blue bag, I'll pay a, a fair amount to yeah. park this car on the street so I don't have to, to worry about these type of things. So yeah. there's got to be a compromise. I think that's the premise. There's, there's got to be – there's a better solution. We're just way, way far off of it here. And and not for nothing, you know, this is a city and a region where people's predominant form of transportation is automobile, right? This, this is not a great you – know, it's not a phenomenal mass transit city if you want to take the bus to get everywhere. Uh, I mean, it's a big city. It takes a long time to get to places. Yeah, every, everybody a has routes, a car. I mean, you, you know uh, – it's, I think, another issue that I have with it is I think if you're going to do something, because there's a lot of opportunities for compromise, and like you say compromise, it's a good point. You look at something like the pricing structure, they cost $50 and you get a parking ticket, and if you don't pay it in 72 hours, it goes up to 100 yeah. right? The thing is, so say you get a parking ticket, if you leave your car in the road, you leave your car out somewhere and it's Friday night, you wake up Saturday morning with a parking ticket... Well, you can't pay it on Saturday, can't pay it on Sunday. So now in that 72-hour period, you have to find it right. on Monday. Whether you got work, whether you got something, you've got to go down there. Maybe extend it seven days, maybe make you able to pay online, yeah. something like that. But it has to be modernized and make more sense. I yeah. understand they want to generate revenue. Why can't you pay online? Yeah. Why can I not go too? and just pay the mm. ticket right online when I get it's it? I'll, online's I'll not going away. If I can just go on my phone and send you a, a message about how mad I am but still process a payment, you know what I mean? Like, online's not going away. I pay for everything online. You know what well, the worst thing, too, is um, quickly with that is that this ties into your DMV fees. So if you don't pay your city parking tickets, you can get your license suspended and registration at the DMV. But when uh -huh. you go to the DMV to take care of it, they send you back to the city saying, go talk to those guys. We don't deal with that. But somehow there's a correlation <laughs> between the two departments. You know what I mean? So who's uh, responsible for what? And how can 
you just like suspend my registration then the guys who have my registration be like yeah well deal with them like whatever you know <laughs> well, for a long time my response to this thomas street problem was that I just didn't pay parking tickets for like for, for yeah, I just accumulated a disturbingly like a disturbing amount of parking. And that's violations. why they say there's a problem. Yeah. That's why they're like, yeah. we've yeah. got to boot cars because, yeah, because these kids on Thomas Street are not paying their parking these tickets. These don't have the money to pay our parking tickets. Uh, no, actually what really happened after a while is um I ended up just there was a, a neighbor across the street who had a big lot style yeah, parking lot. That. And I just I never even asked. I just said to hell with it. I'm just pulled up and said, I'm parking here now. And, <laughs> and just commandeered a space in this empty lot across parking the street. Parking imperialism all over South Utica. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, parking tickets. Great work today. <laughs> Great work on that. Uh, Justin, you had a nice weekend. You went to the Braden Mud Fest, which we Barton. had the... Uh, Barden. Barden? I always say Braden. Barden. The Barden Mud Fest. How did, did you win? I didn't win. <laughs> yeah. I, I won... A long time ago when we went. He won hearts video. and minds when he was out there. Yeah. So how was the event? You were there was, live? Yeah, it was good. I did uh, you know, some video that we're working on cutting right now, and we put up some photos of people on the Facebook page uh, yesterday. So it, it was fun. The atmosphere is great. I don't know how to really emphasize it outside of the pictures and videos that you've seen. New York's at our open house um, technically did one, too, where uh, Matt did a bunch of drone footage. And, like, when you watch it, and actually see it, and then the people afterwards at the after party with the bands, like, it's a little Boilermaker going on there, man. And yeah, it's yeah. really cool, and it's outdoorsy, and uh, it, it was great. I got a gator to drive around and, like, <laughs> weaving head, through crowds guy of over people. There, Dan. Just, yeah, he... What's his name? Dan, Dan Williams is yeah. the man. He was uh, he was very, very accommodating when we went up there to yeah. shoot that. Uh, He's that. literally <laughs> the most interesting man in the world. Like, Z told me that when we did UCs with yeah. Z. He's like, literally, got this guy's... Um, like yeah. really, really, really interesting, and he's just yeah. a top-notch guy. Does does great work. All of that money goes to charity. Um, they're gonna put seventy-eight kids on or sixteen kids on a seventy-eight mile canoe trip with it, and and some other charitable stuff. So it that's goes, awesome. Yeah, yeah, it goes a long way. So yeah, and then you follow that up with Utica on Tap in the same day, which you you ran you you went to the event, you covered all that, then you went to Utica on Tap. That's pretty. That's pretty packed up, man. I'm surprised you were awake past yeah. like ten o'clock yeah. at night. Well, I didn't run, so I didn't have to worry <laughs> worry about anything. And, uh, yeah, that, that it was a little bit slower than last year, but it's because they split the sessions into two days, I think. Well, that's probably good for them, because I heard from a lot of people that I was talking to on Saturday, they were saying that they were thinking about avoiding it because it was so packed yeah. last year mm. that it was yeah. almost hard to get around, so two sessions is the move. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was, you know, it's whatever. I will say I was working at my restaurant job, my newly acquired, undisclosed, undisclosed newly <laughs> acquired restaurant job that night, and... Uh, it felt like it was slower because of Utica on Tap. So obviously, someone, some people were out there. Uh, also, shout out to the really nice couple who apparently listens to the show who said hello to me at work. First, first listeners Wait, who said hello to me. For the record, you're calling it restaurant work instead of stripping. That's what you're doing. Is that what the no issue one? Is? So you're not in peepers. Another fire, another fiery joke Ooh. from Justin Parkinson. I'll be here all night. <laughs> no one, no, unfortunately, uh, no one incorrigible. Justin Parkinson, uh, bad beyond reform. Uh, so let's let's move on. Let's move on to this week's uh, interview. Uh, we were actually uh, very lucky on Friday to sit down with uh, Utica College's all-time sack leader, uh, Nick Woodman, who, uh, for anyone who's been on media or on social media for the last couple days, has seen his story. He uh, he was rumored to to get drafted in between maybe the fourth or seventh round, is what they were sort of yeah, saying. Yeah, kind of late day pick. Yeah, which even that would be 
shocking for a Division III right. college player to even be considered in that, you know. Um, uh, story goes, he did not get drafted, but he was then subsequently invited to New York Giants minicamp on Saturday, I want to say. Saturday. Or Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we, when you talked to him, it was before the draft? I talked to him yeah. before the draft. This oh, that's was Friday. Cool. We weren't sure yeah. if he was going to go that day. This is about that's a small, really cool. ch- small chance, Yeah, we figured. So, so during this conversation, you'll hear... Um, this is before the draft took place. This is actually about eight hours before the draft. Yeah. He came over to the, the house. Second round. Yeah, second right. round of the draft. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he came. He came to the house. He had a dope suit, fresh haircut. He was very, very friendly. He was very nice, very smart too. Like, I asked him a lot of questions. I don't think he was expecting to get. Uh, He's and the first person to ever wear a suit to the Utica. Yes, first person to ever wear a suit. He to the had Utica. no idea what he was yeah. getting into. So, yeah. uh, no, dude, he was he was a great sport. He had. Real solid answers for all the questions that I did not prep him for. And, you know, so here's the interview. Nick Woodman, great guy, and uh, we wish him all the best. I could take him. It's funny. Uh, the first thing that I always assume when I when I meet uh, people who are athletes or play in college sports or is uh, I was just you guys are gigantic yeah. and I didn't think about it until you walked in the door. You were a big man. I am, th- <laughs> I am thrown off. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but it's a pleasure to have you here at the studio. Uh, we are speaking today with Nick Woodman. You are the senior defensive end at Utica College. Uh, you are also the all-time leading sax leader at Utica College. So uh, congratulations on that. And uh, there's some very real potential today that you may be drafted at the NFL Draft, which we're hoping and crossing our fingers for. Uh, so thank you very much for, for joining us. I'm sure you have lots of things on your mind today, so yeah. I appreciate you. Uh, no problem. But let me ask you a couple questions, uh, just come, some things for our listeners to know. Um, certainly, uh, you know, you have a love of football, obviously. Uh, what level did you start playing? Were you a Pop Warner kid? Did you play high school, elementary school, stuff like that, middle school? Uh, no, I actually started my uh, sophomore year of high school. Really? Uh, yeah, because uh, my seventh grade year... I tried out this thing called um, JPD. It was like junior player development or whatever. Mm-hmm. Awful. It was a terrible idea. <laughs> I got. I think I was about 5'9 in uh, 7th grade, and they thought I was a lot older than I was. Sure. So I went up against some like junior or senior, got obliterated. Mm-hmm. I hated it. So I was like, Dad, the same for me. Like This football stuff is not – I don't want to do it. So Because um, I was big into like, soccer and uh, bowling and swimming and stuff like nice. that. So um, I did that uh, – and then the summer going into my um, ninth grade year, I grew about five inches, mm. um, which was very uh, uh, cost costly, I would yeah. say, on the clothes-wise. My mom sure. wasn't very happy oh, yeah. about it. Because so, I'd wake up, and I'd be, I'd be all right, and then I'd go to bed, and then I'd wake up the next got day, the and I'd like, yeah, I, got, I got high water pants on, and I was like, all right, so... Uh, my mom was very happy uh, when I stopped growing at that at that rate. Um, but then in tenth grade, um, like the summer going into my tenth grade year, uh, before the school semester ended, um, one of my friends just was like, "Yo, like try football, like come on, try out. Everybody's doing it. Like we're all gonna have fun. And even if you don't like like it, like you're still just be hanging out with us. And, yeah. You know, we're all do it together." I was like, "All yeah. right." So I did it. Um, and like the coach was really, um, willing to work with me and stuff like that. And I think that's what also helped draw me, um, to football because I tried out for the basketball team and I just, I didn't even make tryouts. Like yeah. I, I got to tryouts. I tried out, I couldn't dribble and ro- walk at the same time, let alone run, uh, to make a layup. So I was yeah. always missing everything and <laughs> the coaches just didn't, 
Um, they just there was really no need either, really, for mm-hmm. like a tall guy because I was about six foot six one. Um, but everybody at Proctor was like six foot yeah. six one at that at that age. So it was like there was it wasn't like I went to like a smaller school um, where it was like tall people are like like a, a rare like a rare thing. So. Um, I think that was also what helped me get into football. I the Proctor say. basketball team is also no joke. I, oh, yeah. I'm no, a, very I graduated at 04 from Proctor, yeah. and it was during like that period of time when we had some really excellent oh, yeah. teams during that year, oh, yeah. like the Josh Wright years and those mm-hmm. guys. Um, yeah. well, so football, though, you fell into at that point in time, and uh, it seems to have suited you very well. Um, at what point in time did you think like maybe this is something that's going to define my life going forward? Was there ever a moment when it – snapped into something a little more serious as opposed to like playing football with your buddies um yeah it was uh last april Mm -hmm. um the this was after the uh junior year football season Mm -hmm. where i um set the single season sack record i was like top five in the nation for sacks um all all across d3 thank you (laughs) um i led the conference and everything i led the conference uh by a couple i think it was like by three or four um and I had went to a, it was like a junior local day up at Colgate. Sure. Um, and the Cardinals and the Redskins were there. Uh, and I ran, I ran pretty well. I ran a 4.6. Um, it was like a high, higher 4.6. I think it was like a 4.68 or something like that. And I was like 2.28. Um, but my body was still, like I had a lot more to grow. And like mm-hmm. I still do right now. Um, <clears throat> so the Redskins, uh, Scott was like, hey, like, if he puts on more weight and he can continue to dominate um, yeah. and dominate even more than he did this past season, then it'll be uh, more serious of a thing with the NFL and stuff. So um, that's what I did. Like, I, I took that to heart. I took it sure. fully into the um, the summer and stuff, and I just dove into it. You said Washington and the Cardinals as well. Um, how many teams do you think you've had contact with since the, this whole process began? Have you spoken to any other teams besides that? or? Uh, yeah, since... Um, I would say November, this past November, was really when the team started coming back. Uh, the Redskins came back. Um, the Redskins, it was a, it was actually a different scout, which kind of sure. made me sad because I liked the scout that, that <laughs> yeah. I was hanging out with before. Um, but uh, the Redskins came, the Bills, um, the Falcons, and the Broncos actually came to Utica College. Now, the Broncos actually bought um, bagels from Bagel Grove, which was pretty cool. Cause Smart man. I was hungry. <laughs> so I was very happy about that. So... Um, Nah, but those four came directly to the school, um, and then, and then since I would say since November, uh, around twenty-two yeah. out of the thirty-two NFL teams have gotten in contact with me, um, and my agent. So. Has it um, has it been overwhelming at any point in time? Like, is, have you ever felt like it's it's a lot to handle having all this going on at the same time? There's got to be a lot of pressure on you right now to. I mean, yeah, it's a lot of pressure, but I, I believe that pressure builds diamonds, um, and mm-hmm. I don't. I'm, I'm not a big fan of, uh, of of falling under pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been under a lot of pressure uh, this past these past two seasons with with playing well and and developing and, and becoming into a leader, um, which I felt like I did fine on and, and becoming into a pretty good football player. So um, the pressure of of doing football. Uh, performing to everybody's expectations, doing work and my schoolwork, like that's mm. yeah. That, at the same time, that's a lot. Like it's a, it's a lot to do, but um, I feel like I've done it pretty well and I've handled it all. So, uh, so I was uh, I was looking through your uh, Twitter 
feed a little bit while before I got here. And by the way, if you want to follow Nick on Twitter, uh, he has a phenomenal Twitter name, The Man of Wood. What a great Twitter <laughs> handle. I got such a good laugh out of that. Um, but I noticed uh, you had some videos up from uh, from Pro Day that you mm-hmm. attended. Uh, can you share a little bit about what that experience was like going to Pro Day? That was really fun. Um, there was 13 teams there. Mm-hmm. Um, each team, I would say uh, more of the New York teams, um, the Giants and the Jets, um, sent, I think, uh, yeah, they sent like two or three in the Eagles, sent mm-hmm. like two or three people as well. Um, and then every other team was pretty much from the east to the west coast mm-hmm. that came. Um, and there was about 20 guys there. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't like, because there's like these things called regional combines where yeah. you pay a certain amount of money and then you go and you do whatever. But this is one of those things where it was like, uh, you, the only way you can get in is if a, a scout that was going to attend wanted you to be there. Right. So um, the Broncos were the head, like, hey, we want to see him do some stuff, um, uh, like vocal person for it. And then other teams um, that were also looking at my film and stuff like that said the same thing. So that's how I got into the pro day at Fordham. Awesome. Um, and I really didn't even know, to be honest with you, I didn't even know where Fordham was um, because our manager for football, she did her summer internship there, uh, and that was probably the first time I ever heard of Fordham. So then um, getting accepted into their uh, pro day was just like, I don't know, it was crazy. It was a really good um, experience. Uh, there was only about 20 of us there. Like I said, there was only three D3 guys there that I can remember, uh, myself included in the three. Um, and the rest were like D1 AA dudes, like from Columbia, U Albany, um, Fordham obviously had guys there. It was like, there were some other D1 um, AA schools there. Mm-hmm. But it was just like, I don't know, like it felt really surreal. Like a lot of people were like, oh, like how'd you feel like going to yeah, be against yeah. like D1 dudes? And I was like, I was like, I was there for a reason. Like, yeah, yeah. I like, I have no, um, I have no doubt in my mind that I could play and compete and dominate um, just mm-hmm. as well as anybody. Like I have no um, problem with doing whatever <clears throat> is necessary and like um, from from uh, the coaches. Uh, scheme-wise, play-wise, whatever. Like, I have a lot of confidence in my abilities. Uh, as a generally unathletic gentleman who loves sports, yeah. um, I wonder, like, if let's say, there's been a lot of talk you're going to get drafted somewhere in the second or fourth round. That's yeah. a lot of the things I've seen going, which we're certainly rooting for. Yeah. Um, I guess, are you prepared for what, like, the changes that's going to happen, like, to your life going forward? Do you know what? Do you know what's going to happen? Like, you have an agent you mentioned already. Yeah. Are you prepared for, like, the next steps of, like, what that'll do for your career? Like, uh, yeah, me and my agent, we've talked a lot about um, what we're going to do and, and stuff like that and what to prepare for. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, I've, I've thought about, like, how many different possibilities we can go through and, and different things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, regardless, even if I don't get drafted in, in any of the rounds, like, what are we going to do after? And then, sure. um, say I don't get a call, like, what's the next step with that? Like, we've gone through... Um, all of the different processes yeah. uh, that you would that you think could happen, and all the different um, things that could happen. So, uh, I'm glad I'm glad you yeah, brought that up, actually, because uh, one of the things I was curious about is uh, in this. Let's say there is a scenario where you don't get drafted. What is the the next procedure? You go into the free agent pool, yeah. and yeah, then you yeah, the way, yeah, yeah, the way it would work is um, is after the draft. Um, if I get a call or whatever like that after. I could come in as a priority free agent and come mm-hmm. to like a rookie mini camp or whatever, and then perform there. Um, and then if they like me enough, then then I can get invited to training camp or other um, mini camps and stuff like that to help uh, prove myself to those teams and stuff like that. And teams talk, so it's like sure. like say I I do good at the camp here, but I I just didn't do good enough to make that roster mm-hmm. team. Like I can always get right. between me and my agent. Um, we can always get to somewhere else. We can always keep doing stuff. Yeah. Now I know you know. If and when you get drafted, you know it's not you're not necessarily going to have a choice where you go. 
in, uh, you're probably a fan of some team, though. Mm-hmm. You know, you're from New York. It seems like would you have wanted to stay in New York theoretically, or are you interested in going somewhere else? Or does it matter? Probably not. I guess really. Well, yeah. Like it, it ultimately, I'll play wherever. But um, obviously, being from Utica, like I, I would, I would be. Uh, it would be appealing to stay um, and play for a New York team, right? Um, but I'm, I'm not really. I've, I've got no favorites or favoritism when it comes to that. Uh, yeah. I'm a Minnesota Vikings fan. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's, I saw you tweeting about it. That's my favorite team. I was, I was uh, very happy watching the draft yesterday. We got a receiver. Um, like Chris Carter got growing up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Randy Moss. All that. It's, yeah. It's, Yo, Randy. Uh, you know what's funny about Randy Moss? Like people, people don't talk as much about Randy Moss anymore. But like every now and then, I go on like YouTube and I'll watch like the highlights from when he was playing with like even yeah. that one year when he was with the Patriots. And I was just yeah. like, man. Yeah. A stud. He caught more than half of Tom Brady's uh, record-setting 50 um, touchdowns in a season. So mm-hmm. he's just a, just a man. He's just a, oh, yeah. Did you ever play offense at all? I know a lot of times in, when you're younger, I know I played football in like high school, but poorly, and you played both ways. You It says you're defensive, and you ever played offense at all at any point in time? Yeah, in high school I played tight end and wide receiver as nice. well. But, nice. you know, going back to the height thing, we didn't really – it wasn't like a necessity for me to um, uh, play like wide receiver because we had – um, some pretty tall wide receivers who also played basketball for us as well. So um, when you can have those receivers who are also like six four, six five, and then me play tight end, like yeah. it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. Um, this is a question, and if you don't want to answer it, that's totally fine. Um, it's something we've talked about in the podcast before. Um, there's a lot of stories about the NFL today about people being concerned about concussions or injuries. Has anything like that ever crossed your mind? You've ever been concerned about that going forward, or is that not something that even weighs on you when you're playing the game? Um, I don't. Like, I'm very aware of concussions, mm-hmm. uh, especially seeing the concussion movie with Will Smith. Yeah, yeah. Um, I watched that with my parents and stuff like that, and it wasn't like an on-purpose, oh, we're going to sit down and watch this movie. Right. It was more like a, we're a fan of Will Smith, we think mm-hmm. the movie's interesting, and it's about football. So, um, I'm, I'm very aware of concussions, I'm very aware of the concussion protocol. Um, thankfully, I've never um, been put through the concussion protocol, um, but I, I understand that football is life, but at the same time... Life, at the end of the day, is more important than football. Of course. So when it comes to brain injuries and me being me being able to walk at yeah. the end of the day, like I'm going to put yeah. that ahead of football, mm-hmm. even though football is life. Yeah. Um, so so when it comes to concussions, I'm very aware of them. Uh, I'm not afraid to play right. um, and play at that high level because there is mm-hmm. a very real chance that at any given moment you can get a concussion in a football game. But I feel like if you if you play like that, then then you won't be yeah. successful. Yeah, that's that's a that's a great you know that's a great wrap on that night. And then the other, the only reason I bring it up is I'm curious if you know if it's something because of the coverage it gets in the media. If younger players are more aware of maybe than people were 10, 15 years ago. Maybe it's just more out there in the in the open. Yeah. Um, outside of football, before we let you go and enjoy the rest of your afternoon, what do you uh, what do you do in your free time, man? What do you like to do? Um, I like to hang out with my friends. Is very stereotypical as that sounds. Um, I actually like to play a lot of video games um, nice. when I don't have ridiculous amounts of homework. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm a pretty out- outdoorsy type of guy too. So like, um, I'll always like shoot hoops or um, go up to the Adirondacks and climb Bald Mountain when it's not weather like this or, or a danger of snowing. You know, living in Utica, you can always snow in a couple hours. So um, I don't know. Like I, I like to be outside, but at the same time, like I like to just chill around and watch Netflix yeah. or watch ESPN or anything like that. And I probably should have asked this earlier. Uh, you're a senior at UC. Mm-hmm. Um, what were you studying? Uh, public relations. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, uh, Nick, listen, it's a real pleasure. Thank you so much for spending time and coming down with yeah, us definitely. today. Um, 
we you know we wish you the best of luck. We're Thank rooting you. for you. Uh, you. Congratulations on all your success. You seem like you have a great head on your shoulders, and that certainly goes along with it. It's a real pleasure. Um, we'll be back to the show in just a moment, and Justin, you can probably stop hating <laughs> me now. That's fine. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, really definitely. Thanks for having it. me Thank on the show. That was this a pleasure. Cool. Like, I, I've always seen the Twitter account, but I've never really <laughs> Again, uh, to to Nick Woodman, who most certainly would destroy Justin Parkinson in a fight if that Do ever took place. you know what my forty time is? Yeah, I, <laughs> they're still counting. Do you know what you're doing? <laughs> uh, no, so I, you know, I, I remember. I, I, Was he really, nervous about the draft no. when you talked to him? Did he seem nervous, like off the record? No, no. He, you know what? He was actually very calm and. I expected. I don't know what I expected. You know what I mean? I've never. I've never had a conversation with somebody who could, you know, potentially get drafted into a professional sports league later that day. I was surprised that he was even nice enough to give us thirty-five minutes the day that he could potentially get drafted. Right? Yeah. You know, that was that was like super. He and he was a really down-to-earth guy. Um, he seemed very professional the whole time. Yeah, like he, he definitely has. He made a particular statement about pressure in general. Yeah. And just um, of being one. Uh, moving to that progression where po- pro teams are noticing him, to being a captain on the team, uh, the le- leading the league in sacks, being fifth top five in the like he he pressure was going to and he was doing all his schoolwork. You know what I mean? Um, so that yeah. he was handling pressure well before this type of stuff. I think it's kind of molded him to to handle a little bit better than you. I, would expect, I suppose you know that I mean? makes sense. That Four the, year college kids, a little bit different than those nineteen year old basketball players. That goes back to a great point where, like, I can understand if I'm a nineteen year old kid who's like great at basketball, I'm going to go get my money right away. But there is something to be said for what you get from somebody when you get a four year college player. Like, yeah. look at a guy like Tim Duncan. We talk about Tim mm-hmm. Duncan all the time. In no small part is he as class act as he is because he's a four-year college guy. Like, he took the time to really be mature when he came into the league. Greatest of all time. Mm. <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> now, it, listen, you know... Uh, Josh Wright's not going to come on the show is what we're saying. <laughs> yeah, I would love to have Josh. I played, Dick Miller, I played Dick Miller basketball at Hughes School with Josh Wright. True he story. Dunk on you? He was... We were in... It's like fifth grade, man. Like, I don't think anyone could... I stand could, by I, the question. <laughs> sounds like a yes. <laughs> Uh, listen, I, I played an entire season of Dick Miller basketball for John F. Hughes School in South Utica. Shout out to the Hughes Hawks. Um, and I never scored one basket. <laughs> never once. Not one basket the whole year. I got to the free throw line and didn't, didn't score a basket. Too nervous to shoot. Uh, I stick egg glasses on. I'm like high tops with lights in the bottom. The horse grant goggles. Yeah. Not even that. I had that like the Dick Miller basketball T-shirt that's so big it goes down to like the middle of your thigh, <laughs> and like <laughs> terrible. Kevin, you're probably uh, good at basketball. You're tall. I was no. I was only all right. Like I was. We used to play a lot in my neighborhood growing up. Like all the kids in the neighborhood would play, but there were always kids that were a lot better than me. Like just people that were just faster. Like I was tall, certainly, yeah. but I was never like agile the way that great basketball players are. Yeah, I'll still stop Parkinson. I know my way around the basketball court. 
I'm a little better than that than running a 40. We should now, <laughs> now that we have this website, uticast.com, we got to get on there and stream one-on-one games where Justin Parkinson takes on like, take local on celebrities. I'll take on we should do that great, in Maine, Utica. That's a great idea. Any, Maine, Utica, take on the town <laughs> basketball challenge. I'll take them all. If you want to play Justin Parkinson in a one-on-one basketball game, Go to Uticast.com and leave us a mailbag question, which you can now do on the website. You can write to the email. Exactly. Yeah, Technology, science. <laughs> and you can challenge Justin Parkinson to a one-on-one game, and we will tape it, and it will be hilarious because he's not very good. No, that's we'll, not true. And we'll put on Uticast.com for everybody to watch over and over. Why don't you just get dunked on by everybody in town? I'm going to be hitting Tim Duncan-style bank shots till the cows come home. <laughs> Hey, I great. quit the show again. Where is Higgins? Uh, Where is Higgins? I wish she was. You know, I'm surprised. I'm sad she's not here because she's a huge New York Giants mark, and he is going to New York Giants minicamp, which is crazy. I asked him about that during the episode, so mm-hmm. you listeners obviously just heard that. But uh, he was even aware of the concept that, like, if I don't get drafted, I know that what happens as a unrestricted free agent, and I can. You know, he told me he had contact with 22 NFL teams. Yep. He'd obviously talk and talk to enough people to realize that there were going to be other opportunities even if he didn't get drafted which as a d3 athlete was probably unlikely we were all well excited for it i think that's interesting because you know the the people when it comes to like players and agents and things like that the ones who get all the press that you know about and think Mm -hmm. about are the really high level like all the best players and all the like biggest money Mm -hmm. agents it's crazy to think about this uh middle ground world where there's guys who just handle like these d3 guys and contact like hey can my guy come to training camp and just make like a like that lower level way of going about it. You mm-hmm. never really think about it from that angle, but these people must be out there yeah. doing it. Can we I, learned it. And oh, to oh, draft in the context just real quick. Give me one one second. One, yeah. one. The other thing about that is that we just mentioned it. He's a he's a senior. He's gonna have a degree. And I think he said was it uh, PR. PR. That's <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like must think have been why that. he came on the Uticast. <laughs> <laughs> but do, do you know what I'm saying? Like even if he realizes that as a D3 player, it's gonna be hard for him to get drafted or get to the NFL. He has a four year degree in in PR, so he can even use his knowledge of being a NFL player to his advantage in that way. So That's true. Very smart. Um, smart guy. One, Tom Brady was. A sixth round, one hundred ninety ninth, something like draft pick. So like the draft number and picks. Well, just we, Mike, listen, listen. Go listen. ahead. I'm, let me finish. It's the off season. Let me finish. <sighs> but to put the draft in the context, though, is that a guy like that gets gets picked there. Yeah. Some people don't get picked at all. Some people, uh, like uh, Tunzel or whatever, is smoking a bong in a gas mask oh, as he's getting drafted. Oh, that guy But he only slips no. to number 13. No, he didn't leak that, though. Somebody right. somebody saying, taped it and sent yeah, it out. Yeah, but no, no. no so out of context, and where you get picked and what the number is and the circumstances from D3 to smoking out of a gas mask to blowing your game out do... and playing next year, it's, guys are being picked or not picked all the time. So to be even considered, um, it, it's got to be something pretty cool just for the experience of your life, you know? I'm shocked we're talking about this because the NFL draft... Uh, but i got to be honest, I... The NFL draft is unwatchable to me. It's the worst. I, it's it's the one NFL of the worst. It's just the devil. Well, <laughs> our personal feelings about football aside, as as a career, you know, you could do worse than play in the NFL, mm-hmm. I guess. Do you know what I mean? Uh, but I'm saying, I'm saying with the NFL, uh, the NFL draft is unwatchable to me. So I had to sit through it because I did want to watch to see if he got drafted right. live. So I had it on like in the background, but it's not, it's not captivating. Here's a, yeah. <laughs> I, I've never seen anything like that guy, the one who put the gas mask video up. Like that's a. Yeah. Uh, 
insane story. Then he went out on the podium in the press game in the, the conference after he got drafted, and he's like, yeah, I'd, I would say that I took money from coaches in college. Yeah, yeah why? Like, just out there. Yeah. How do you not have people around you to stop you from yeah. doing all well, these no, things? Well, the next day, his media availability uh, was canceled yeah. because he had allergies. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll happen with yeah. those gas Weed masks. withdrawal yeah, is what they I call guess. that. <laughs> Roger Goodell buried him in a yeah. marsh in Jersey. Yeah, uh-huh. and they're worried about the Aaron footballs and Tom Brady, you know? It's just this Tom Brady, no cheater. Let me ask you there. this question, though. Uh, just and this is a theoretical question, and maybe this is crazy. If the technology available now is available, like at the beginning of the NFL, you don't think this would have happened to like mm. Joe Namath or like to, I, I keep making fun yeah. of Joe Namath, but like I wonder if the it's only because the scandals are more readily available to be made public now that you see more scandals. Quick, I it's think a bit yeah. off topic, but they did. They were trying to do a John Wayne Day. And all this stuff is coming out about how he's on the record of making overly racist comments. John yeah, Wayne yeah. today was the worst. would Nobody be like yeah. no, not around making movies because he would have said something stupid and been blackballed forever. I can understand the argument that like if you had had this technology to capture everybody back in the day, more people would have had things found out about right. them. But the fact that you're alive in 2016 as this kid, knowing you're going up for the draft, I don't care if somebody posted it or if he leaked it or whoever put it on there. The fact that you allow yourself to appear in mm. front of a camera or recording mm. device with a gas mask with a bong strapped to it and make a video when you're going to be possibly a number one draft right. pick, like if you're not smart enough, I, I don't understand how you don't drown in the shower if you're that dumb. And he like said, it's just he said that was when he was younger. So I said, all right, let's go back to when you when you were younger, getting out of high school, possibly getting a D one football scholarship. That's when you were younger, so you still weren't making smart decisions then. Or was it when you're younger, when you're already on the team with a scholarship? There's no excuse though. Never. And you could lose your scholarship. You weren't making smart choices then. So who cares Never do when you were video. younger doing it? You made a dumbass choice, and you're lucky you're going to get thirteenth overall draft pick money to be a moron. Well, that's what I told Nick Woodman. I was like, are you sure you want to be at this house on camera with Justin Parkinson the day before the NFL draft? <laughs> this is bad for your stock. You really don't want to be out here with this you guy. Talk about protected image. Um, I, think we've, I think we've beaten sports into the ground for now. Uh, before we move on to something else, though, I do just want to say one last sports story. We talk a lot, uh, I specifically talk a lot about soccer on this podcast. I know there's not a lot of listeners out there who are probably into soccer the way I am. Or into your podcast at all. Or, <laughs> thanks, Justin. Uh <laughs> But uh, if you have any interest in sports or underdog stories in general, uh, there's going to be a lot of articles coming out in the next day or so about a team who just won the English Premier League called Leicester City, who is a 5,000 to 1 underdog and just won the league. Can you imagine that one? Uh, eight years ago, a lot of these players were on like, like fifth and sixth division teams playing Money in front leagues, of 10,000 uh, people or less maybe than what the comments like are 800 people. Yeah, I mean, way, yeah, way smaller leagues. Uh, and their story is actually, uh, I, I don't want to go into all the details because it's long and crazy, but there's going to be a lot of articles coming out about it. So if you take a moment to read about Leicester City and... Uh, Who what, I picked to win the whole league, remember? You should have put some money on it because it looks like you, Tom Hanks put money Tom on Tom Hanks it. did yeah, put did money really? on it. I saw you that told article, me yeah. not to because how crazy it was and I listened. So when stupid. Did, that's yeah, yeah, you always listen when your friends tell you you're um, acting nuts. For all these soccer fans out there, it's definitely going to be a Vardy party tonight. Whoa, I cannot. In Leicester City. I don't even know what's being talked about. All right. Like, where is uh, Leicester let's, City? Let's move into something that we, uh, you do know what you're, talk, what you're talking about, and that's the uh, Saranac Thursday lineup came out today. Uh, yeah, it did. It sure did. It um, starts on May 19th. It's going to be 16 different Thursdays. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting because the lineup you'll see is like almost split half and half between returning bands who, you know, play every summer mm. in a sort of traditions and another half of like different bands that are more regional and a little bit more towards 
they'll still play covers a bit because they'll be playing for like three hours, but mm-hmm. more um, original stuff and interesting bands. So um, yeah. I don't know. We're gonna see how it you goes. You know, I've talked to bands who are not on the list this year. <laughs> oh, have you? Yes. And it's... know what they said though? Give other people a chance. That has been the consensus. Uh, literally, I've talked to three different band people, and they've had the same general tone: is that. You know, somebody else gets a shot on the stage, they should have it. Yeah, well, and that's and that's exactly it, is that, you know, half the bands are bands getting their first-time shot. Yep. 50-50 is fair, because when you look at the bands who are proven draws, who come yep. through, or bands who are traditions, or bands who have, you know, relationship with the series as a whole, I think half and half is a pretty fair number hmm. to give first-time bands yep. who have never been up there. To ask for any more than 50% is sort of thumbing your nose at the fact yeah. that, you know, there's bands that are proven to draw and you've got to bring people through the door. I believe in capitalism. If you wanna <laughs> That's exactly yeah, it. if you wanna earn your spot, be the better business like be the best band. So when yeah. you do get that stage I'm kill not, it and they'll ask you to come back every year. It's not, not a knock on any of the bands, but I like the competition because it forces everybody to to put their best foot forward and we all win. Oh do you? You like the competition? I do. <laughs> Bully for you. <laughs> I wish uh, there was like a uh, AGT. Can I get a quick shout out? Uh, my godson, Mike Brindisi, though, who I've not seen in a long time. Very excited. I'm excited to see him play. Yeah, him in the New York Rock. I haven't seen Mike Brindisi in forever. That's my godson. I love Mike Brindisi. Haven't seen him in years. Very excited for that. All right, let's move on to something else. Uh, since it's not summertime and it's not that warm out, it's raining and cold. I have a nostalgic story for you guys. Do you guys remember Ecto Cooler? Anyone else remember Ecto Cooler? It's for 90s kids. Yeah. All right. Ecto Cooler's coming back, guys. What is it? It was high C. All right, so back in the day, you guys remember Ghostbusters? That's also coming back. Everything that's old is new again, guys. Ghostbusters back, and Ecto Cooler is back. There's like five people, maybe, who are into this besides me, but in the 90s, high C made a drink with Slimer from the Ghostbusters on it. And it was flavored like tangerine, and it was the best kids' lunch beverage of all time. Like, it was always in the lunch bag. It's, it's unreal. They're bringing it back. I'm very excited because you can now get it in cans. Any other nostalgic foods you think we should bring back? Wow. You falling asleep on me, Parkinson? No, that one got me <laughs> off. That was seriously, that one caught me off. Nostalgic foods, like what's not around that I really like? That's the harder, harder part. If it's gone, it's probably for a reason because I didn't like it. <laughs> wow. Get out of here. <laughs> uh, going off the rails here, Kevin. I'm losing it. All right. Yeah, you're. This is the this is the off the rails episode, I think. It's just I'm so worked up about this website, you know. What are you so okay? Can we we're gonna try one more time because we mentioned the website and you're in a very cantankerous mood at the beginning. What have you done here for us? What lovely Christmas gift have you provided? I think it's it's one of the best ones I've done, honestly. Um, from a functionality standpoint, I think it's gonna serve really well to people listening or you know trying to obtain the shows. Um, all the Sunday drives that we're doing on Sundays are on there. Mm. Um, video content that I always hassle you guys with is going to be on there. Uh, easy to keep up with the tweets and Instagram is right on there. Um, it's just everything from your tablet to your phone, uh, to, to SoundCloud is embedded right into it. So you can just go right to the website and actually listen to the episodes. Uh, I think it's going to be really killer and I, I'm probably more excited than you guys are. Um, 
Yeah, probably. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, that's fair to say. No, no, I am excited. I'm glad it's up. Uh, I'm glad that I don't have to link things to like iTunes links and SoundCloud yeah. anymore. Not that I don't love SoundCloud; it's been very uh, good. SoundCloud's to us. been kind well, to us. It's, and it's still it's going to incorporate yeah. right into it. I mean, you know, now it's it's just going to be a place where you, we do a lot of extra content, and you guys in particular. Yeah. So it's going to be a, a an extra place to get get more stuff and, and not be tied to, yeah, to app certain next. things. What we need app. The Uticap. Coined it. Don't steal it from me. Uticap. It's mine. CC. I'm taking it. What's the date and time? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Monday, May 2nd, 710. Boom. Called it. Uticap. Don't I take don't it. I don't think that's how it works. I don't think you can get a phrase trademarked or copyrighted by yelling it out at your laptop. Uh, it's on record. Um, all right. All right. I got one. I don't have any over-unders, guys. Let's close it up with something easy. All right. We're going to play a different game. This is an either-or game, and I actually stole this from ESPN today. This is my grand record of stealing interesting segments from other things that I like. All right, so I'm going to give you a celebrity. It's a cross-platform celebrity, and you pick the one you'd rather be, okay? Ready? Drake or Steph Curry? Who would you rather be? So easy as Steph Curry. Drake's an idiot, and Steph Curry's just the best basketball player on the planet right now. Win winning championship. Yeah, Steph Curry. You're not, well, thinking, his you're not thinking about the longevity, though. I just, Steph Curry's I an athlete. I know, but... I say Drake. I'll, I'll actually take the other yeah. side of that. Because yeah. as much as I'm not out here in a rush to be Drake, certainly, uh, he's got more... Steph Curry has a job that makes him a lot of money, but yeah. Steph Curry certainly has a job. Drake has money where if he decided he wanted to retire tomorrow, which I would if I woke up and he was me, I'd just feel like, I'm done with so the Drake and around, I'm just going to retire on these millions. It's different to have that wealth yeah. and then have a job Here's that's projected to make you the Steph wealth. Steph Curry, married with kids. Drake, not. Right <laughs> that's, there. Yeah, that's probably the, where you got to go, though, if that's your problem. You know, like, I just think from a long time. two two-year-olds running around or whatever. Here's the thing. Steph Curry, it would be... The tightest to yeah. be Steph Curry, it right? Would be fun. Like it would be to be that talented at basketball, to be like that dominant of an athlete, right? To have that kind of game. But at the end of the day, he's not his own boss. He's got a coach. He's got like you know people like he's got Drake. He's got a job. Yeah, he's got a job. Yeah, he's got labels and Drake's his own boss. Merch deals <laughs> and all that nonsense. Drake works for nobody but Drake. It's <laughs> I think it's I don't the know. freedom. Dude, you tell me Steph Curry is just like, hey, boss walks in, Steph Curry, don't do this today. And he's like, oh, geez, you no, got you it. Still he's have like, no, to, go to hell, I'm Steph Curry. If, that still I, goes a long way. I would rather not wake up at 5 in the morning and go to the gym and ice my knees and then go to practice. Yeah, you still want to be up at 5 day. in the morning. You know what I mean? <laughs> if I've got that kind of money, let's enjoy it. Uh, I think generally the argument here is not necessarily Steph Curry or Drake specifically. It's, uh, you know, a career as an athlete or a career as a like a performer right like a, mm-hmm. like a entertainer plus uh, uh steph's ankles hurt right now so it's probably <laughs> at the current moment at, at this specific yeah, moment knee, yeah drake knee. i yeah. guess right yeah because toronto won the front raptors because yeah. drake is riding drake's also got that basketball thing he's got that raptors vibe right he's like the toronto Canadian raptors mascot right for the picking yeah. though like just trying to make toronto his own it makes sense it's still he it's still a Canadian. northeast city it's he's, just technically a... he wants to be the jack nicholson of toronto the way that Jack Nicholson is like the king of the Los Angeles Lakers, and he just sits on the side, and people are like Jack. When when Kobe, do you had... think that Drake? Do you think that if everything is still somewhat the same, do you think Drake will be sitting sidelines, seventy years old at Toronto Raptors games? Yes. When Toronto Raptors is now oceanfront property because the <laughs> ice caps have melted, and the ocean swallowed <laughs> yeah. us all. It's Toronto Raptors <laughs> are playing basketball underwater. Just do it now, for God's sakes, and end this episode. Oh, 20 man. Toronto Raptors. Uh, 
Justin, so the website's up, uticast.com. Uh, Aaron Higgins will hopefully be back next week. She's been she's been struggling with school stuff, so hopefully she gets back. But check out her blog on madeinutica.com. Also, check out Kevin's article about Everybody, parking tickets. Just blogging up a storm out here on madeinutica.com. Yeah. The kings of content. All right, guys. <laughs> the king, at least it's the king of love, then. Yeah. <laughs> it's a better achievement from last week. <laughs> Is that the end? Yes. <laughs>